Hey, Brian. Hey, Rachel. So, how was your week? Let me tell you. Um, over the last few days, my average body temperature was about 102 degrees. Mm. I slept about 20 hours a day. Um, and I could only describe my state as uh, incapacitated. Oh, that's terrible. And I said to myself, this is the, I have so much work to do. I said, this is the worst few days possible to be incapacitated. Brian, there's no good time to be incapacitated. That is true. In fact, <laughs> the first law of incapacitation is that there's no good time to be incapacitated. <laughs> that is true. Well, luckily, I'm coming out the other end. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, uh, welcome to the week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, we Ryan. We have a very special guest here this week. Um I have to go back and tell you the story about how I met our guest. I stumbled in one night to a little bar around the corner called Bell Rev from oh, yes, this our very favorite. place. You've yeah. been there, right? Yeah. And little did I know that I was in the presence of greatness. This was seriously, it was like a star is born. <laughs> yeah. I walked in, it was karaoke night, and who was the hostess of karaoke but one person named Glace Chase? She is a New York based comedian and playwright who was just recently on tour in Australia performing her play Triple X, and she performs this night in Bell Rev. It's karaoke night. It's called uh, Singling. Singling. So much fun. That's right. And uh, we loved her so much. She came to our live show, and we had to have her back. Yes. So now she is our guest here. She's a friend of the podcast. Welcome, Glace Chase. Oh, my God. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you participate in the entire podcast. We know you're going to have a lot to add. You have some nopes of your own. I do. Some yachts of your own. Yes, I have been researching up a storm. <laughs> okay, so let's jump right into it, Rachel. We have so much to discuss this week. Yes, so let's start with the elephant in the room, which um, there are a lot of elephants, but the one <laughs> that we must discuss <laughs> is the State of the Union. Oh, my God. Where do I the, start? The horrible State of the Union. I don't know where. Union. I'll let you start that one. Yeah. I mean, I guess let's start by saying that the speech was terrible, was terrible, as to be expected. But what it lacked in content, it made up for in length. length. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, this restaurant, the food was terrible, but at least there was a lot of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, it was terrible. And he uh, he forgot basic rules of etiquette or purposely ignored them. He he didn't allow Nancy Pelosi to introduce him. Well, that and, was intentional. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure Nancy Pelosi was like, cool with that. Like, the, <laughs> I don't want to introduce President Donald Trump. Yeah, her dream was not to like say <laughs> right. those words. Um, and the speech was just kind of like a word salad, um, punctuated by strange segues, uh, pathetic And it was long, right? It was like one of the sympathy. longest in history in oh, State of the Union oh, history. Oh, yeah. It was the third longest. The first two spots are obviously occupied by William Jefferson Clinton, um, <laughs> who was known for that. But, uh, you know, Van Jones, after the speech on CNN, he said it was a psychotically incoherent speech with cookies and dog poop. I have no That's idea what that means. That's understated. I don't right? know what it means, but it's understated, it's understated for sure, yes. But so there were there were some terrible transitions, and I think that was like one of the first things okay, that so I Okay, so we're noticed. not going to address the, the substance of the speech. We're going to address the sort of uh, structure of the speech. The structure, okay. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's sort of all combined into one, like like a pool of vomit. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So there, he trotted out this adorable 10-year-old 
14-year-old girl, Grace, who was a brain cancer survivor. And after talking about her struggle with cancer, he just like abruptly jumped into a policy announcement, um, which Glace is going to read for dramatic. Oh, right, right. Okay. So um, let me just, uh, you know, preface this by saying that in our live show a few weeks ago, Glace did a dramatic reading of the uh, sects that uh, Jeff Bezos sent to his lover. And uh, this is sort of a command performance by popular, popular demand. Everybody <laughs> loved it. So excited. We are, uh, we are bringing back some uh, dramatic readings by one of our <laughs> finest living actresses of well, stage and screen, Glaze Chase. So thank you. why don't you go ahead and read this transition? It's just so nice to know that in my career, I'm elevating from Jeff, Jeff Bezos to Donald Trump, <laughs> may I just say. Plumbing Demoted, you right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's certainly a more method acting yes. uh, challenge, you know. Okay, so also too, can I just say that I know nothing about the State of the Union? I blocked it out, so this is all so you didn't educational. Watch it. Oh God, no. Okay, I was hosting Bingo. I just was like, I cannot do this. Self care, <laughs> self care. I wish I was yeah. with you there hosting Bingo <laughs> because it would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> it was. A lot, I'm like, wow, this is, sounds terrible. So I don't know what he said. This is the first time I'm reading it. <laughs> Many childhood cancers have not seen new therapies in decades. My budget will uh, ask the Congress for $500 million over the next 10 years to fund this critical life-saving research to help support working parents. The time has come to pass school choice. Wait, what? For what? America's stop, children? Stop, 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 stop. stop. This no, 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 we have a lot to, we have to break that down. Let's take what? part one, which is how much, what's the amount that he's giving to childhood cancer? 500 million. Okay. Over 10 years? Right, okay. So that is 10% of what he wants for the wall, which is 5 billion. And that's $50 million a year, which is like what he spends on hamburgers, or it's like the amount that he stiffed the, the vendors who installed the carpet at Trump Tower. That is nothing it's for not childhood even, cancer. It's not even the amount that his donors get in like tax refunds. Right. This Wilbur year. Ross. Like, Probably like Wilbur, shits that amount. Like that's Sheldon Adelson gets I mean, like six hundred and seventy million tax savings. This Alexa- year. AOC has got a hard on listening to five hundred million as oh, we speak. That's making the you case know? for socialism. Yeah, my absolutely. God, right there, tax the rich, right? <laughs> oh and then God. like segueing into the school choice thing, which is really just like code for giving taxpayer dollars to Catholic school education, right? Yeah. That's all it is. So he's saying, okay, so I'm going to give that under the cover of childhood cancer research for which I'm giving basically nothing. No, it's it's as if like (laughs) the speech was written on a bunch of index cards thrown up into the air, tossed (laughs) by the wind. And then, like, shuffled together and just... Well, he didn't even read it before. I mean, this is like kitchen a kitchen refrigerator magnet poetry, right? Yeah. He just mad libs. He just took different topics and put them together. It was craven. It was it was craven and crazy. <laughs> but, okay. uh, but you know what else was crazy? Who was in the audience? Okay. So, of course, there were, like, you know, as always, the obligatory heart strings, pullers. There were World War II veterans. Yeah, D-Day D- Lots soldiers. to talk about D-Day. Um, there was uh, the astronaut. Buzz Aldrin. There was an opiate addict. Oh, God. The grandma. Who isn't an opiate addict these days? Really? It wasn't hard to find one. <laughs> there was the grandma who got a commuted prison sentence because of Kim Kardashian. But then <laughs> there was a very special boy, and he was sitting with Melania, and his name was 
Joshua Trump. That's right. Ooh. And and he was selected. I read about it. He was selected because he had been bullied because of his name Trump. His parents had to pull him out of school. And he was supposed to be, you know, highlighted. Trump was supposed to, like, say, and I, here I'm today to introduce Joshua Trump. And But that never happened. I, I was wondering. I was expecting that. And I was wondering why it didn't happen. <laughs> never happened. Because, maybe because he was unconscious. He was <laughs> Clever boy. Clever, clever boy. Yes. Smart. I wish I... So he fell asleep. Sleep. So he fell asleep. Um, yeah. And I just, I think that the fact that they even brought him at all says a lot about um, Melania and Donald's mentality that the most put upon people in this country, the ones dealing with the biggest struggles, the biggest bullying, is not because of their sexuality or their appearance or their lack of resources, but it's because they have the last name Trump. <laughs> <laughs> those are the truly those are oppressed. The truly oppressed. Right. Those should have been like the there needs to be a new constitutional civil rights amendment to protect people whose, whose last name, name is, is Trump. Trump. It's unfair. It's, it's totally unfair. unfair. It's, and that's the worst thing that Trump can say about something. It's not fair. Not Trade policy is not fair. Like we haven't been fair to him. I, I think mean, he's had more than his share of fair. He's had the most luck of anyone. I mean, it's it's outrageous. It's it's not fair in the other direction. Um, but so Joshua Trump goes to this <laughs> State Joshua of the Union. Trump. But like, I don't understand why. I have so many questions for his parents. But like, <coughs> why did they let him go to this? Like, if his whole argument is like, I don't know the Trumps. I'm not related to them. Why would he go on national and, television? And, and why didn't they let him take a nap in the afternoon? It's not like this was at two in the morning. Morning. They should have let him that take a nap, stay up until ten thirty, which is not ridiculous for an eleven or twelve year old. Don't you think though that he actually had the most sensible, logical, and actually heartfelt reaction just to the shut state down of and the, go the fuck yeah. to sleep? I was mad. No, I stayed up and I was like, "Why did I stay awake for that nonsense?" The, the best meme I saw all day though was uh, regarding Josh Trump, and it just said. <laughs> Je suis Joshua Trump. Oh, we are all, all Joshua, are all Joshua <laughs> Trump today. We yes, are. we are. Yes. Rachel, that. what else did you notice about the State of the Union? So, okay, so it had bad transitions. The guests were peculiar, but at least it was also poorly written. Yes. Um, and Glace is going to read one of the most cringe-inducing passages for us. This was the end. This, this was, was the climax. This, was, this is after we had done these terrible. Passages about how the rapists are invading our southern border and oh, the, manufactured all these, crisis for most of the speech was devoted to right, this and all nonsense. these non sequiturs and the segues. But then at least he ended with a patriotic sort of salute to America. Glace, oh, tell us what it was. Oh my god, I'm so excited to experience this moment right now. <laughs> Think of this capital. Think of this very chamber where lawmakers before you voted to end slavery, to build the railroads and the highways and defeat fascism, to secure civil rights and to face down evil empires. Here tonight, we have legislators from across this magnificent republic. You have come from the rocky shores of Maine and the volcanic peaks of Hawaii, from the snowy woods of Wisconsin and the red deserts of Arizona, from the green farms of Kentucky and the golden beaches of California. Together, we represent the most extraordinary nation in all of history. Okay, <laughs> I have so many questions. Me too. So many questions. <laughs> Who is coming? Are there like 
Were there like senators who were emerging fully formed from the <laughs> volcanoes of Hawaii, like in, bathed like, in like pools of liquid lava? magma? Like Maisie Hirono <laughs> shot out of Mount Kilauea and like landed Paul, right in the capital. Paul Ryan like stumbling through the snows of it's, Wisconsin? It sounds like a Miss Universe pageant. <laughs> yes. Where's the, yes, absolutely. They probably Who's, took the right, script. Susan and Collins. Like Susan Collins in her one piece, like stumbling on the rocky shores of Maine. Like, who are these insaniacs he's referring to? And why is he acting surprised that people from every state are attending <laughs> the State of the Union? It's not like a wedding where you're like, thanks to my friends in California. No, it's it's their job to be here. They're (laughs) senators from these states. Like, that's your job. Show up. Just show up as your... You you have one job. Who wrote this nonsense? You have one job. Show up at the fucking Congress. Yeah. Who wrote this? Um, I think that Stephen Miller wrote this. I think the Steve Miller band wrote this. <laughs> I've been from Tucson, Arizona. Oh, yeah. All the way to Tacoma, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Atlanta, LA, LA. <laughs> Northern California. It's See, you so know karaoke. Educa- you know yeah, it. That's right. It's so educational. So I think that's where the, educa- that's where the <laughs> inspiration think... came from. He was no, trying to teach no, Joshua Trump. No, this is, this is terrible. Can or, we just, or maybe uh, he wrote it himself. He has a lot of executive I don't think time. he knows enough geography to know what Maine is you know Hawaii is a blue state? He doesn't acknowledge it. Right. That's where that's where Obama's from. <laughs> that's why Basically, he thinks Kenya. everyone came from a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he. No, no. Are we to. done with this? We're done with this. Shut, Shut it, it down. down. No, no. no, no. <laughs> okay, Rachel. I got a story here that I think maybe everybody can relate to. Have you ever been out at night and you need some cash, so you go to an ATM, and maybe it's one of those little kiosks in a bank where you have to swipe your card and there's nobody in there, or it's one of those shady ones on the street where, you know, anyone could walk by. And I always worry, like, what if it shortchanges me? What if it eats my card? What if it doesn't give me the right amount of money? Who do I call? What do I do? It's a lawless situation. Yeah. Right. It's the Wild West. It's the Wild West. Well, I'm going to take us to China. Okay. Where um, a fellow named Ching Ching Chang <laughs> with two Q's, Q-I-N, S-H-E-N-G, decided to go to the ATM machine from his bank, the Huaxia Bank. <laughs> Just let's not try to pronounce foreign names. <laughs> well, I have to say something. I can't have a moratorium. His name. It's I'm worse not, than being tattooed. I'm not making fun there. of his yeah. name. <laughs> Just telling you what it says here. <laughs> November 2016, he went at night to go take out some money from the ATM at his bank. And he took out some cash and he got the cash he needed. So not a problem. And then over the subsequent days, weeks, and months, he kept withdrawing cash, and he realized that he was withdrawing cash beyond his balance. Okay. So um, (laughs) he kept doing it uh, for 14 months, and by January 2018, he (laughs) and the bank realized that he had made 1,358 withdrawals, equaling 7 million yuan's which is a million dollars. So he has had a zero bank balance him. and he withdrew a million dollars from the bank. 
Hey. Now, he claimed that he was, quote, testing out the security for the bank and that he was holding the money for safe holding in a separate account and he was just waiting for the bank to reclaim it to see if their internal security would actually find it. And in fact, the bank agreed with that and declined to press charges. But the authorities in China said, no go, we do not buy that story. Um, we're, <laughs> you, you're now going to face 10 and a half years in prison because when they looked at the details, they realized that he had not kept it in a separate account. He had been putting it in his personal account and not only spending it, but also investing it as, as if they were his personal funds. But why would he, why, like that story is nonsense. Like, <laughs> you're just figuring that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm with the Chinese authorities on this one. So wait, are you on the side of the bank who chose not to press charges? No, I'm on the, the side of the Chinese authorities. That's outrageous. I'm on the side of the guy. Like if people are giving you money, you just take it. You don't. I'll work in night like that. That's no, what you do. No, I agree. You take the money, but when you are caught, you just own it. Like you don't. Well, that's make what up he did. He said, "I have story. it, and I'm going to give it back." And he repaid it. Oh, he did. Yeah, it's oh. not like he spent it all. He was like, "Oh, well, that's where he's foolish." Why so, didn't he go out? And spend it all. It's what I Well, then he done. knew he'd get ten and a half did, years. Did he arbitrage? Did he make any I, money? I think he was trying to. No good deed goes unpunished. He was trying to identify security holes in the Huacha Bank. <laughs> <laughs> and he found them. And he identified them, and it was really a public service. And yet here he goes getting punished by the Chinese. Is he gonna get punished now? Yeah, he's facing ten years in jail oh, for no, this. No, that's not fair. No, no. no. what it's, is his name? Ching Chong? Ching- I, no. I, that, that's what you said. Chin Ching Hang. Chin Ching Hang. Yes, it's not a joke. It's a name. I thought, I don't know. It's a lovely name. I love that name. You can't make fun of a name just because it doesn't sound right in English. No, but it was the way you pronounced it. I, it was not intended to be ethnically disrespectful. No, I, I was doing my best, the best I could to I, to pronounce a name that was transliterated from Chinese okay. to English. Okay. There you go. Chin Ching Chang. <laughs> That's, what the best. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said. I I don't think you'll get to cheap keep your million dollars, seven million yuan, but I hope you evade jail because you really have the best interests of the economic system in, at heart. You're an entrepreneur. We salute you. We salute yes. You. No, salute. no. 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 Just shut this down. <laughs> okay. We are finally at the point where, Glace, you can introduce your own nope right here. Yes. We, we're dying to hear what you have for us. Okay, my God, guys, this is epic. I am in a state of anxiety. <laughs> I, I don't know whether you guys have heard, uh, but a couple of months ago, a Dutch gentleman by the name of Emil Rattleband. <laughs> <laughs> Not Chin Chin. Yeah, right? no. That was good. <laughs> Thank that you. Was good. Wait, give that me the name sad. again. Emil Rattleband. That is amazing. You win the award That's like for ethnic <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, he's Dutch. Okay. So uh, anyway, he's sixty-nine and he's a Dutch pensioner, and then he uh, uh, basically. Uh, sued or uh, put a lawsuit to legally change his age. His age? <laughs> his age. That doesn't seem like something you can change. It seems like a matter of public record. Well, well, I mean, this is, and it has opened up this whole hotbed of controversy, quite frankly. Like it's subjective what your age is? Well, yes. And like, he, he actually claims that he has experienced age discrimination while renting cars, cars abroad. 
and that his uh, and and that his good faculties should overcome the age that is stated that it's getting in the way of his Tinder profile. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he had his age be listed Wait, there's as so many, 49. there's so many different like folds here. So first of all, aren't you discriminated against in car rental if you're under 25? Is there a penalty for people who are over 69? Well. I mean, surely, well, you can't draw, I mean... You can drive, they're not, like, dead, no, they're just but, 69. Well, no, but they just don't trust Snap the fingers, you. we'll be 69. Okay, I can speak more to Tinder. Tinder is okay. closer to my heart. <laughs> yes, and this is an undue hardship, I no, will say. Well, no, and he says that, you know, like, honestly, no one, no woman will message him because he's 69, they all think he's going to die soon. But why can't he just say he's 49 Everyone on Tinder? Everyone lies on Tinder, I, I right? I admittedly did think that myself, but I think that there is a philosophical question here okay, that what is, is that? very well I just think that age discrimination is very real and it is real and I for one would like to be thought of as 23 forever oh okay. I am 23 <laughs> well exactly and why shouldn't we be able to legally do this age we should be able to be, like we should be able to define ourselves right we should be able to claim whatever identity we want <laughs> whatever age we want <laughs> whatever age whatever gender whatever name well, who cares it's what we want to be, right? We are entitled to be designated as what we want. I just feel like there's certain things that are based on scientific facts, and age is one of well, them. Well, we don't live in a society that is based on scientific <laughs> facts. Why what is age we? except a number? Well, oh, R. Kelly? That's, that's <laughs> who you're going to quote to make your point? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, Look at I- all the Real Housewives. They all claim to be 39, and they're all 73. <laughs> But it's, it's different when you go into a bank and you have to, like, always, you're, like, asked to validate your age. I think he has a really good point. Okay. But I'm devastated, guys, because a judge has ruled against oh. this. I know. And now there is only one month before he files an appeal. And I'm, like, on tenterhooks. I think that he <laughs> is doing this for the greater good. And we, as the people, need to stand up. But and- let's imagine a world where everyone <laughs> can name whatever age they are. I'm five. You're 30. <laughs> You're 86. This is, I mean, we have no, That's fine. We have no collective truth on which to stand. Oh my God, you're so uptight. I'm so uptight. No. I, just, I prefer to live in a world of rules. And no. right you're angle. here for a rules-based economy? No. no I'm for a subjective, I be agree. who you want, call me what I want. No woman in the of the age of 35 ever in Hollywood ever gets what they want. Like, I think we should be able to define ourselves. Call me by your age. Age. <laughs> oh, no, no, to those of you who are trying to define that us. Judge. No, no, I want to be who I am. No. Shut it down. Shut it down. Okay, Rachel, what's the next topic here? Well, so we are in the throes of February, and uh, it is Black History Month. It is. We love it, that. It is, and it, um, it has gotten off to quite a rip-roaring start I, You here. could call it that, yes. Yes. Um, we have discovered that everybody in Virginia has been doing blackface. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Pretty much everyone in the state house and beyond. Yeah, beyond. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think we can look back to October when uh, Megyn Kelly 
got kicked off the Today Show for defending the practice of blackface, saying she doesn't understand what the big deal is. Everyone did it where she grew up in Illinois, but everyone apparently did was not. doing it everywhere. I don't know. Where I grew up, everyone did not do no, it. No, we grew up on Long Island, which is, you know, admittedly in the heart of the Northeast, but, you know, it's we're hardly the, the most woke, woke capital of the world. It's it hardly. I didn't know what blackface was, but I, I'd like to think that if someone showed up with it, some, something, some moral compass would have ticked over and I would have realized it was wrong. Quick t- Tangent. Yes. Fuck you, Megan Kelly. I just needed to say <laughs> well that. Said, I well like said. that. That's always appropriate. Well, at least she was <laughs> in the middle of anything. You can always say that. So she was fired. So she was fired. She got a sixty-nine million dollar payout. But anyway, so let's fast forward to what happened in Virginia. Okay, this is an ongoing story. By the time I'm done speaking, the entire Virginia state legislature might have resigned in shame. We don't know. So there was this picture that surfaced of the governor, Ralph Northam, who's a Democrat, over the weekend. The picture hailed from his medical school yearbook. I don't know why anybody has a medical school yearbook. I don't understand. Aren't you like 35 when you graduate from medical school? Yeah, you're like in school your whole life. You're doing operations. You're like doing the rounds. (laughs) I've watched Grey's Anatomy. Is there people on like yearbook club like making the pictures? Yeah. Yes, I've seen it. There's a picture of... Him or not him in blackface, and then him or not him in a Ku Klux Klan. There's right. There's a hood. there's a page in the yearbook that says Ralph Northam, and underneath <laughs> it, there's a few pictures like a collage, and one of the pictures is of a man in blackface next to a man in a Klansman. Because it's, it's reasonable to think that one of those two humans is him, right? Because nothing is better like like with a, in blackface than like putting someone in the Klansman costume right, right next, next to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right, it just Beautiful. amps up the yeah. emotion a little bit. It's like an icon. Iconic duo. <laughs> so he is immediately is, you know, obviously horrified and apologizes for this. Well, I don't know if he is apologized. I, don't know I think others are apolog- uh, uh, horrified, which forces him right, to He's apologize. horrified that he's being asked to resign the governorship. He's horrified that he got caught. So he, he posts this video to Twitter saying that he's really sorry about the photo and that it doesn't represent the man that he is now. Then, 24 hours later, he holds a press conference that was just, I mean, one of the craziest press conferences I've ever seen. Have you, Remember when that guy ran off, what was his name? He ran to, like, <laughs> the, the Appalachian Mark, uh, Trail. Mark, Mark Sanford. Sanford. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> went on the Appalachian Trail with but his was, mistress. But, but he was really he was in Argentina. Argentina. <laughs> it was so a little like that. It was that. like that. He, it was like the good wife. It was like he started off talking about the, the thing that happened, but then he went Went off into this tangent that involved Michael Jackson. So right. He, no, he said. But then he said it, maybe it wasn't him in that picture. Right. So he said, "Let's remember." He apologized for the picture. Then he says it was not him. Upon second thought, no, that's. Th- and then on two- third thought, he said, "Yes, but, <laughs> but I actually, was in blackface when I was impersonating Michael Jackson at a and, dance competition in, and doing the moonwalk. In oh, San that's Antonio. so much better. That's of so course. much better. And then at the press conference, someone asked him, "Like, can you do the moonwalk now?" And he was about to do it. He was like it. looking at the stage, like, well, is there disgusting. enough room for me to do it? And his wife looked up to him and he's like, inappropriate. She's like, not, not the right venue not for this. Dancing <laughs> with the stars, honey, <laughs> dancing with the stars. <laughs> Where he will be eligible as an unemployed politician within, within the week. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so that's him. <laughs> then 
you think, okay, he should resign. Everybody's calling for his resignation. Who would be the next in line? The lieutenant governor. we've got the lieutenant governor, who's this guy named Justin Fairfax, an up-and-comer in the Democratic Party, 39-year-old, 39-years-old black guy. Um, Seems like a reasonable person, save for the fact that he has his own fucking disgusting scandal that comes up in the middle of this. And there's a woman who says that he sexually assaulted her in 2004 when he was working for that paragon of virtue, John Edwards, at the Democratic National Convention. And the woman who's come forward is very credible. Very credible. She's not an anonymous uh, accuser. A professor. She's a professor, right. So this is a real situation he has to deal with. So, okay, let's take him out of the running to be the governor (laughs) of Virginia. Who's next? So who's who's next? The the attorney general, right? The attorney general, Mark Herring, who today admitted that he too once dressed in blackface. Who are all these fucking blackface people? <laughs> Is this a thing that I missed somehow? Remind me to re- uh, move to Virginia. These men sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> They're a catch. <laughs> I think it's safe to assume that everyone in Virginia was in blackface in the eighties. How did you even go down in public with like everybody at the mall in blackface? <laughs> like I moonwalking? Mean, I know we're laughing, but this is fucking horrifying. This is oh. terrible. This is, no, it's these terrible. are and these are three. Democrats, so I don't know who the fourth in line. It's going to wind up being like the admin, like the phone operator in the state house is going to wind up being governor. Probably more qualified, and probably be a Republican as well. So we're going to lose the whole fucking state house because of this nonsense. We're going to. Because yeah. Republicans are so much better right yes, now. Yes, they would too. never oh, be in yeah, blackface. No, uh, they might be smart enough not to catch them, though. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's not the only situation we've had in so, honor of Black History Month. <laughs> yes, it's been quite a doozy. Um, so we've got these, you know, celebrities do these junket interviews when they have their movies coming out. Liam Neeson, who's known for Schindler's List, who's taken nominated, one, two, and, and taken three. one, two, and three, where he plays this like badass on the hunt for his missing daughter. He was giving a. <laughs> like a press junket with various news outlets. And he gave an interview with the independent where he decided to reveal this very strange episode from his past. That is really disturbing. He, he said he had a friend once who was sexually assaulted and she described the assailant as a black man. And he said that he basically went out on the streets with a club for months looking for someone who fit that description No, not even that description, just like a black person who he perceived might have been aggressive to him. Right, right, right. He was waiting for someone to start something with him so that he can get out his aggression on someone. And take revenge on some random, so he could lynch some random black man who seemed aggressive to him. Who looked like the person who, yeah. Right. And so, If by looked by, you mean also black. And he wanted to get credit for this story for being enlightened. Like, his whole point was that... This happened, and then he realized that it was crazy. And so he wants to get points for being, like, woke. <laughs> to which I say, no, Liam no, no, Neeson. You get no credit for that. This is all a, just a complete mar on the idea of Black History Month. I can't yes. believe this is all happening within the first week of Black History Month. I can't wait to see what happens in the second week. And my proposal is, this was your idea. <laughs> Why don't we just, like, cancel February? Let's give Black History Month to March. Yes, right? it's There's a longer special. month. It's a longer – we get a full 31 days, not the lame February – the 28 days of February, which is 10% shorter than a normal month. Right. It's a terrible Let's month. just cancel this now. Let's abort right now. It means I get three extra days to enjoy – 
Black, Black History, History Month. So <laughs> let's just start again on March 1st. Let's purge the entire state government of Virginia. Start from scratch. You know, I think there should be like a taken, taken four, where all of these people are just are kidnapped. <laughs> And just like just thrown in. I mean, some... who's gonna pursue them? Liam Neeson? No, no, no. maybe a no. random black person that's <laughs> that, and I'm the white. Idris of. Elba. No one. Yes. Has, Idris yes. Elba. No one's gonna pursue them. No, we don't want them. <laughs> no. They're taken, and then we'll the taken, okay. and Idris Elba is This is not is going in a good me. direction. No, shut no. this all down. We want a real Black History Month to honor real. Real Black heroes. heroes. And I want El- Idris Elba. So. I do too. <laughs> okay, Rachel, uh, before we start wrapping up, you have a very important update on a critical, critical nope topic. Yes. Um, I Last week we talked about Ashton Kutcher, who gave out his phone number on Twitter and then was surprised that people were texting him. And it Probably was all part of people he encouraged people to text him. Right. He wanted like, to have a relationship, like a more direct relationship with bullshit. people, which Who is nonsense. Because right. it would take, it took you to this automated thing and you had to register. And it was kind of like he starts spamming you with these random photos of himself. Because who doesn't want a photo of Ashton Kutcher? It's very hard to Google image him and right. find a picture it was, of him. It was right. nonsense. So I, I said, Ashton, these photos are random. They have nothing to do with what so I'm you, asking. you texted him, you got the note, you replied. I replied. These are random. And I said, and you said, ask him to come on the podcast. So I said, Ashton, want to come on the podcast? So I go to sleep. I wake up on my birthday and there's a message from Ashton Kutcher and it's like contextually relevant. It says, hey, Rachel, thanks for reaching out. Where can I find your podcast? I would love to give it a listen. I'm not doing press for anything for a while, but love a good listen. What are the topics? Oh, my God. Oh, right? Okay, wait. Well, let's just be clear here. Number one, that was not Ashton Kutcher. That was his, was social, his social media, media intern. Of course. <laughs> but at one. least it was like a Still. contextually. But, but, and number two, who needs to find out where to find a podcast? Like, right. You're a technology <laughs> entrepreneur and investor we're available wherever you get your podcast <laughs> wherever you get your a... fine podcasts are sold right. okay so I send him a link to the podcast and I say thanks I appreciate the message and then I go to yoga on my birthday <laughs> and I get out from yoga first mistake and I have a message from Ashton saying I hope you have an epic birthday enjoy your next trip around the sun may you only encounter obstacles O-B-S-T-I-C-A-L-S oh. that you can overcome with new enlightenment wait but and how I did thought, he know it was your birthday that's the thing I was shocked and overjoyed and then like I was about to tell Josh like oh my god and then I get another message from him saying sorry fat thumbs wrong number <laughs> <laughs> Who dis? New phone, New who phone dis? Who dis? <laughs> and so I said, Ashton, it does happen to be my birthday, so thank you for that. But then since then, it's only been random texts and oh, random sh- images, so I don't know what's going on. Well, he had a 1 on. in 365 chance of guessing your birthday, and it just happened to work out, which is great. And I think you should just take the gift for what it was intended from the universe and Assume that Ashton Kutcher oh, was wishing. Oh, the universe. <laughs> Ashton, if you're listening, we want you to come on this podcast. We want to hear about this community venture. We want to understand what you're doing. Come and show up in my doing. dining room. Like, Glace Chase had the balls to show up in my <laughs> living room yeah. um, and do this podcast. Ashton Kutcher, you are no better than us. Come sit your ass down, your pretty ass down, and be on our podcast as well. Or you the could Skype in. Good. The, the whiskey's, whiskey's good. good. 
good, good, better than the green room wherever you're sitting. But so no, no Ashton, Ashton. It, we had you had us for a minute, but no, we're shutting you down. Oh, fat okay, thumbs, no. Okay, we are returning to a very popular feature that we skipped for a few weeks. This is Ask Nope. This is where our very dedicated listeners and fans write in with the conundrums, the conundra that they cannot solve. They need our wisdom. They need our nopeness to try to interpret and figure out and provide some wisdom and guidance guidance uh, about. Uh, Rachel? This is a really tough question, and it's um, it's an important question. It's about friends reviewing friends. Okay. These are always anonymous because people are brave enough to send their questions in, but they're not brave enough to tell us who they are. Because they don't want to name and shame. That's right. The, and really, that's what should. we're about. They know that if they told us, we would reveal all. Yes. So this person, a friend of mine, wrote a book like, you know, a lot of my friends wrote books. Oh, but, but, but. Yeah. Okay, yes. And she asked her friend to review her book on Goodreads. Okay. And the friend said, sure. And she said, I love the book. And they got into a whole in-depth conversation about the characters. So she knew she read it. And right. then she looks, she says, I reviewed it. And so she goes on Goodreads. And my friend sees. To see the review that she had. To see the written. review that she had asked for. And it's four out of five stars. No. Which is that might as well be one out of five stars. I think that is maybe the worst thing you can do. That is a mm. fuck you slap in the face, dick slap in the face. That, is, that a, is that is a that is like an Uber. That's like I want this Uber driver like shut down one right. star. Right? Yeah. I want to ruin your rating. But like, what is what was the motivation there? Like, did this person just like want to preserve her? Their Goodreads integrity. Like what her, is that? Like, That's nonsense. Okay, so what's the question? So the question is, what should I do about this person who I asked for a review and who gave me four out of five stars? Okay, I know the answer. This is not a debate. Here's the answer. Never speak to them again. Completely shut them down. Ghost them. They are dead to you. They are an idiot. They do not deserve your company. They do not deserve to read your book. Do not send them another galley. Do not send them a signed copy. Do not invite them to the signing reading at Barnes & Noble. They're dead. Right, you don't want them hovering in the background when you're reading, knowing that a four star uh, some person, four star idiot, you're is almost lurking. good enough. You're you know? almost good enough. No, yeah. no, that was too easy, Rachel. Why did you even like insult us with that? Do you have a different perspective? Well, I don't know. I used to be a four star reviewer because I always thought that a five star meant like so exceptional. Okay, until I started running, you know, a drag queen tour guide business in an Airbnb, <laughs> and I realized that four star reviews are like a total. F you to like your algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> and you may as well be dead. Okay, so five stars. And now we know firsthand, screw up your drag tour algorithm. <laughs> yeah. And they certainly screw up your Goodreads book algorithm. So, no, this is an easy one. No, but no. also, when we ask someone to write us a review, we want a five star review. Yeah, it's of course. Not, it's implied. It's implied. You don't give a friend a less than perfect review. It's just not what you do. I had an Airbnb guest come in recently because it's winter. They paid like virtually half price, broke all the house rules. And even though the booking, like in the booking form, it says that the, like, the heating system is loud, still left me a bad review for it. And I'm like, you paid half price. You signed up to it. How is this? Oh, yeah. oh my God. No. No. My no. Mind Default is five. Default is five. Yes. And if it's not five, like, leave a complaint and give them a chance to remedy it, right? Yeah. Tell your friend, like, privately, I didn't like the development of this character, or I didn't feel like the, the ending was 
tied up all the loose ends or something. Don't leave force out. No, oh, no. Don't review it. Just or, don't review oh, it. Don't Just review say, it I'm or... sorry. I can't. No. Okay. We've talked about this enough. Shut okay, it down. Shut it down. Terrible. No. Kill this person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Now we're to the part of the podcast that is everybody's favorite for, which is ironic for a podcast that's about terrible things. This is our yup. These are the things that give us a little beacon of hope, a little ray of light each week. The thing that keeps us going through these horrible states of the union, all these terrible things. And Glace, you have one to kick us off. Don't oh you? my God. This is such a good yep. Uh, for, uh, so Rachel, I was just obsessed with your uh, Mueller uh, love letter. Oh, thank you. And then I was disturbed in the slight follow-up that people thought that maybe you were serious. I know people really did think you were that a little I like, serious. had like a boner for Robert Mueller. Well, I was just like, anyway, whatever. People are, uh, but then of course they were saying that there needs to be, that you should be writing like Mueller, you know, fanfic or oh, erotica. Fan? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mueller erotica. Like I'm, take it up a notch. Like your, yes, your love letter was very um, chaste. Right. It wasn't so, very explicit. Right. But there could be the next level. Well, I found it erotic myself. Okay. And well, and I love erotica. So I decided to go on a little bit of a like a, a hunt for a walkabout a walkabout <laughs> for Muller erotica to see oh if I could goodness. find There's any erotica. there okay. is but it is a very it's a small niche right now. <laughs> very small very small niche <laughs> I found three pieces okay. <laughs> and it's I've heard of, he has a small niche yeah well um, and uh, it's all like it's deep dark web stuff oh well um, share well please. I know it's all James Comey and Mueller oh yeah and so this I found this you called me one of the finest public servants this country has ever produced and one of the finest people Jim adds because oh. he knows Knows Bob isn't going to say it himself because Bob is the type of person to put himself aside and put everyone else first. This is like, um, so like emotional building yeah. up, it's, the, but it's not but that isn't this titillating. Fan supposed like, to have like some sort of titillating okay. sexual. Yes, well, so they kiss and then it gets frisky. It's so nice, Jim thinks, to let someone take control, someone he trusts completely and unequivocally. Bob kisses the nape of Jim's neck, his teeth grazing the skin, and Jim can't help but let out the slightest of moans, trying to keep himself from being too loud. Oh. They're like in the FBI building? Oh. It's so we, can only, we can only dream oh my goodness. behind the curtain in the bushes. Uh, well, well, this is where it gets climactic. Jim moves <laughs> to straddle Bob, eager to keep going, to keep kissing. And it's been such a long day, and this is all that Jim wants. And Bob is ready to give it. Oh. And what can only be described next is a prostate massage. As it oh. should be. As it should <laughs> be. Woo, that is, fu- that is Pulitzer-worthy oh. fan fiction. Thank yep. you, Glaze. <laughs> Rachel, what's your yup? Um, my yup goes to Marley Matlin. Oh. She's um, an actress. As- Oscar winner. An, an Oscar best actress for her role in Children of a Lesser God. Um, and she's a former celebrity apprentice. Yes, contestant. she was the runner-up, if I recall. Yes, and she's a survivor of Trump bullying. But anyway, Marley, I guess, had an unusual run-in at the nail salon today. <laughs> <laughs> we all did, <laughs> and really. She, yeah. And she shared her boots on the ground reporting with social media. So she tweeted, sometimes you see the most unexpected people at the salon, hashtag no words. 
And then there she is taking a selfie. And I couldn't really tell there's someone in the background and I blew up the photo and it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm like on a knife edge here. It was Roger Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Was he showing his Richard Nixon tattoo or doing his like two fingers victory He was getting a manicure. (laughs) (laughs) So, Marley, thank you for sharing that information. I have so many questions. You're going to get subpoenaed by Robert Mueller now. I'm sure she wouldn't mind. She'd be happy to testify. (laughs) She has information about Trump. Oh, right, from The Apprentice, but now from Roger Stone as well. So, yes, yes, you're our greatest living FBI agent. agent. (laughs) The up to Marley Matlin. Okay. Shifting gears, my yup comes from the fact that I was um, home in bed and uh, incapacitated and partially conscious for four days where I watched a lot of television and I sort of watched what happened to be on and gave me comfort without sort of straining my mind too much. And I watched a lot of Three's Company and it made me realize how genius this show is. It's like a perfect farce. It's not really just a generic sitcom. It's a farce. It's a social commentary. It's slapstick, but it also has meaning. I mean, Jack, who is, you know, they they told uh, Mr. Roper and Mr. Furley that he was gay, which is why it was okay for him to live, live with two Janet and Chris. You know, shocking, shocking, mm-hmm. shocking. And even, even though that on the surface that seems homophobic, in fact, it was very progressive for its time. Um, so it, it scored on all points. It was artistically progressive. It was socially progressive. It really had it all. And I recommend that everybody go back... Buy the DVD box set, which I think is the only way you can watch it, other than like DVRing it on Logo Network. I was always surprised with that show how many plots like centered on a revolving door, like a swinging door, <laughs> slamming doors. <laughs> Jack, I mean, like, like Pratt Falls. Like, like you it's didn't, been, it's someone didn't see farts. something. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's like uh, you know, it's it's fantastic. So yeah. anyway, I highly recommend it. It's one of our highest art forms. Three's Company, if you're too young to remember it from the first run, <laughs> go no back and look it up. Well, you about. grew up in Australia. So. so lots of yeps. Three's Company, Marley Madlin, and um, Muller Erotica. Muller Comey fanfic Okay, erotica. and on that note, thank you so much. This has been a truly awful week, but Glace, we've been so proud to have you here. Thank, thank you, you for so gracing us for with your us. presence. This is great. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please don't despair. Just rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends in person. That's the best way. And no four-star reviews. Please, no. If you're going to leave us a four-star review, just fuck off and don't leave us a review at all. Five stars only. Yes. Right. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common. We can talk about nothing. 